Jed York, speaking on his Super Bowl team, particularly said something very interesting about his quarterback, Brock Purdy, and when his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, knew Brock Purdy was the guy. And how did we even get here with Brock Purdy and the rest of the San Francisco 49ers roster? All that more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker at Crocky 209 in some places as well at Croc Time U. You can find them on all the socials and all kinds of different names. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there and would love it when you subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, I want to get into how the 49ers were built a little bit on today's show. And it kind of ties in with some of the uh, some of the stuff going on around the 49ers right now. Particularly, I want to start with Jed York and his comments, Croc, about Brock Purdy. And about the quarterback situation. And obviously, people like us who do a podcast every day about the San Francisco 49ers, uh, it, it was a huge storyline. From March 2021, it's been this whirlwind of, who are the 49ers trading up to get in the draft? Oh, it's Trey Lance. Now it's Trey Lance. Oh, is Trey Lance going to start or is it Jimmy G? Are you going to trade Jimmy G? No. Then the second year, oh, is Jimmy G coming back? Jimmy G's hurt. And then... uh Trey Lance is the guy, and then Brock Purdy is drafted in the seventh round. Didn't think a lot of it. We'll get to our pre-draft evaluations in a second as well for Brock Purdy. And, and then all of a sudden, Croc, Kyle Shanahan goes to Jed York, says, we need to talk sometime around training camp, end of training camp in 2022. And he says, can you imagine this, Croc? And this is not public knowledge. It is now because of where we are and – Brock Purdy, who was the third string quarterback at the time, fourth string, uh, you know, uh, really coming into training camp because Nate Sudfeld was on the roster as well. Can you imagine if it was public knowledge? Kyle Shanahan goes to Jed York, his owner, and says, hey, you know the guy we're paying $20 million to? Hey, you know we spent three first-round picks on this other quarterback? Hey, this guy we just drafted, Mr. Irrelevant, I think he's the best quarterback on the roster. That is a wild thing to say after a rookie training camp for Brock Purdy. But Kyle knew early on that that Brock Purdy was his guy. Uh, and that's a pretty unbelievable statement for a head coach to make to his owner. Especially an owner that just gave you the green light to trade up all kind of picks for. And for the owner who was involved in the process, uh, as much as an owner can be uh, involved and gave the green light and all of that, uh, I wonder what Jed's response was. I mean, we saw a little bit of the the, the soundbite, but I want to know exactly, like, I wish I was a fly on the wall and just like, bro, you just had me use three first-round picks on this guy. We've been paying this guy a bunch of money and brought him back and still paying him. And now you're telling me that this other guy is who you feel like has the best grasp on what is going on and understands it the most and has been doing the best, even with his limited reps? What? That had to be kind of sound crazy, but I think when you kind of get into a soundbite that we pulled from uh, a 
an early episode of a draft a scouting evaluation of Brock Purdy, when you hear that and what Kyle is looking for in the quarterback, and this is with Trey Lance on the roster, this is with Jimmy on the roster and Sudfield on the roster, I think you can see why Kyle Shanahan gravitated towards Brock Purdy. Another wrinkle in all this, too, that, uh, you know, this, the playoffs were going on and we kind of glossed over it. There was an article from Nick Wagner of ESPN uh, and talking about Brock Purdy and what Kyle Shanahan told him about this offseason after he had the elbow surgery. And Kyle, and I, I, this would have been a bigger story if the 49ers weren't in the playoffs. The 49ers were thinking about going after Tom Brady. And if Tom Brady would have come to the 49ers, that was the guy. It wasn't Sam Darnold. It wasn't Trey Lance. It was Tom Brady, Croc, would have been the guy that could have potentially started over Brock Purdy this year. Uh, just another insane wrinkle to all of this. And really, to be honest with you, thank goodness that didn't come become public knowledge either because I, I don't know if the fan base would have been able to handle any more wild twists and turns with this 49ers quarterback situation. And thank goodness Brock Purdy has really stabilized all of it with his play on the field. I think with that one, and it's very clear Kyle, he knows kind of what he wants, but even with the Trey Lance thing and then now Brock, it almost feels like he's not able to commit to any kind of process with it all. It's almost like how he feels either this day or the next day or this week or this month, as opposed to seeing like a long-term vision. And there was someone that came out on, was it the 33rd quarterback or the 33rd team or whatever and he was someone who coached alongside Kyle Shanahan and said yeah like this is how he is it's really more so about right now he doesn't really care about too far down the line and when you hear something like that like no Trey Lance whatever but Brock Purdy like you saw him play very well at the end of his or really in every start like he didn't lose a game that he finished went to the playoffs like played well against Seattle you know, uh, played well enough against Dallas and then got hurt. And you go into the offseason saying, give me that 50-year-old quarterback, Tom Brady. Like, that's the new plan. Like, what? And then Brock goes and does what he did this year, who was an uh, uh, MVP candidate. And that almost wasn't able to happen because your inability to commit to a process. Uh, I won't stand for any slander of tall, athletic, handsome men in their 40s. Okay, crop. Uh, that that is not cool. I, I won't stand for that here on Lockdown Forty Nineers. Uh, it's unbelievable. And because Jed has talked before about, or Kyle had talked before about when Jimmy went down, because that's really because here this is another insane thing about the NFL. You're a coach. You're a head coach. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you think you think enough that you say it out loud to the owner that the guy who's third on the death chart is your best quarterback. And don't play him either. That's and, crazy, right? And, and so he and also he thought about bringing he made other quarterbacks. Well, uh, also thought about bringing in other quarterbacks when Jimmy was going down. Didn't they call like Philip Rivers and some other quarterbacks? So you, you, you felt like this guy was the best. Something's not adding up. And I'm not saying that they're lying. They they could 100 felt that way. But to me, none of this makes sense. You felt like the third string quarterback was the best. Like all right, cool. But then you still make him the third-string quarterback. And then uh, the other two quarterbacks go down. You bring back Jimmy and had to pay him more, even though you felt like Brock was the best. And then once Jimmy goes down with an injury, well, Trey went down, then Jimmy goes down. And you're like, okay, even though I felt like this young kid was the best, and I went to Jet York and said that, I'm still going to go and say, 
let me see if I can get Phillip Rivers or any of these other old quarterbacks who are retired. Then after Brock does play well, who you felt like was the best, that still wasn't good enough. And you're like, I need to go get Tom Brady. That doesn't make sense to me. And Sam Darnold? It's, <laughs> I, I think part of it is he didn't trust himself because you, you imagine this, Croc. Okay, so this conversation between Jed York and Kyle Shanahan happened before the season, 2022, before it was time for Trey Lance to be the, the starter. And, and we know that didn't last long because of the broken ankle. What if right before week one, Kyle Shanahan steps to the podium and says, all right, we've got our quarterback depth chart figured out. Um, not only did Brock Purdy make the final roster, we don't think he can make it to the practice squad. He's starting over Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Can you imagine what people would have done? And it might have been the right move, but he, he didn't have the guts to even do that. And, and how could you? And, and um, I mean, you had to try to see it through with Trey Lance at that point, but once Trey Lance went down and Brock saw the field, there was no take backs anymore. Uh, it was, it confirmed that conversation that Kyle Shanahan was right, that he, there was a guy he liked even more on the roster and it was Brock Purdy. And um, there's the quote that, that Kyle talked about before that Jed said, okay, you talked up this quarterback. You're, you're it was kind of the, going along the same lines, of what you're talking about there about looking for another veteran quarterback to bring in after Jimmy G went down in 2022. And Jed told Kyle, okay, didn't you say this guy's pretty good? Let, let's see what he's got. And uh, and Kyle's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen him play yet in a, in a real NFL game. So hold on. But I think he's pretty good. And then he went out there and he, and he showed it. So it's but, just. But he went I'm out there and showed it. And then Kyle Steele was like, uh, Tom Brady, interested in coming back? Like, that's the, that's weird. No, Man, am, I am, I, am, I, am I overthinking that? He's one of the greatest ever. The 49ers have shown interest. They're one of the greatest ever offensive tackles available. They go trade for Trent Williams. One of the, the best running backs in the leagues available. They go trade for Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's just the way they operate, I think. The, the more surprising thing is they didn't do it in 2020 after the Super Bowl. That was the run it back year. Jay in the, in the chat says, you guys are reaching for content. But that's this is what's out there. Like, this has been out there. Like, like you said, it would have been a bigger story if the 49ers weren't in the playoffs. Like, that Tom Brady thing, I don't even think we really mentioned it. But that just came out. And it was, like, a legit topic that most people weren't really touching because, like, well, why would you? But it was something that, like, really happened. And we didn't even mention it. We didn't bring it up. So if we're fishing for content, we would have been brought up. We didn't bring it up until you hear this from today and Jet York in the interview. And he's like, well, yeah, like this guy. Then it's like, well, well hold on. Essentially, everything else that happened after that and all the guys that you, I mean, they called Ben Roethlisberger and he couldn't even throw 10 yards. Um, Steve mentions that it's post-surgery, right? So basically, instead of Sam Darnold on the roster, it would have been Tom Brady. Mm. It wouldn't have been both Sam Darnold and Tom Brady. It was like, okay, well, we need a veteran option in case Brock doesn't come back. And if we go the Tom Brady route, well, Tom Brady's coming in to start. So I think that's what, what the thought process was there. Yeah. Would have been a wild twist in all of this if that happened. Right. Not so do, happened. You, do, do you tell Tom, all right, all right, Tom, well, Brock's so back. He's er, he's back sooner than we expected. So uh, you're just going to have to back up <laughs> Brock Purdy. Never mind, Tom. His elbow's good. We're, we're good. Yeah, you're going to have to back him up now. Hold the clipboard. Uh, all right. Uh, more on Brock Purdy and our pre-draft evaluations that was brought up to us by a listener and uh, how the rest of this roster for the 49ers get built. A Super Bowl 
roster next. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue, perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything you need while you are driving your Nissan Rogue. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Or how about the 2024 Nissan Armada? It will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. How about tow bigger and explore further in your 2024 Armada, Nissan Armada. So take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Armada, and the Nissan Pathfinder and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, Croc. A couple more notes on Brock Purdy. And we obviously know how the 49ers landed Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick, number 262 in the 2022 NFL draft when he took his first drop back and completed his first pass is something no Mr. Relevant has ever done. Now he's starting in his second year in the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. So just remarkable. And with all the, you know, the discourse about Brock Purdy, sometimes easy to forget that how insane and and the story that Brock Purdy is right now. Greg Cosell, one of the better film evaluators, uh, football analysts that is out there. And NFL Films guy, he watches as much film as just about anybody in or out of the league. And he said something interesting today, talking with uh, local radio, talking with um, who's with who was he on with? Uh, Ross Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker. Yes, Ross Tucker. Um, Love Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker's joined us on uh, Peacock and Williamson, by the way. Subscribe there. Breaking down the NFL every day. Me and Matt Williamson. So don't forget that podcast. Basically, Greg Cosell said Brock Purdy has struggled the last couple of weeks in the playoffs, and he's not playing with his normal timing and rhythm and seeing things clearly, as he put it, as clearly as he has in the past, as we've come become accustomed to seeing Brock Purdy operate. Uh, and I thought that was interesting, Croc. And it was just, you know, that's just what the unbiased film told Greg Cosell. And and I believe him. And, and we saw that, especially in the first half of both of those football games. And he said that, what made it all work, though, was Brock Purdy using his legs and and making plays there. And I think there's multiple ways to look at this, Croc. What are your thoughts, first of all, about the idea that you know Brock Purdy just really wasn't seeing things clearly the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think we can feel a little clunkiness, especially in the last two first halves, right? Uh, against the Green Bay Packers, there were some errant throws, near interceptions. Uh, there might be some timing issues and whatnot. Like, you can feel kind of the clunkiness of the offense. Uh, but even within that, I think one thing that we have seen, which the elite, quote-unquote, talented guys can rely on is like, well, okay, what's my changeup, right? If those things aren't working for me, usually I play with timing and rhythm and all those things that you want to do consistently, but it's not quite there. What else can I do to contribute to winning this game? And you see him start to make plays with his legs and contribute in that way. So uh, hopefully he finds his rhythm. Hopefully he just starts to maybe you know get back to what we saw in the regular season that made him an MVP finalist and lets it rip. Uh I think you're going to need that to win the Super Bowl and maybe use the legs as an addition to that, as opposed to use the legs because the other thing isn't clicking. 
Right. Uh, and I think that really goes to show you the difference between, say, Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. When there were times when Brock or when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't seeing it clearly or, you know, fill in the blank quarterback is not seeing it clearly for fill in the blank team. If they don't have anything else they can rely upon to make a play, that is trouble. And that usually means an exit in the playoffs or it means you only run the ball six times and you're still able to win uh, with your defense in a, in a playoff atmosphere. But for Brock Purdy, he was able to make plays, especially on display with all of the uh, the plays he made with his legs against the Detroit Lions. And it just shows how much of a playmaker he is, how gutsy he is, that maybe if things aren't clear for him and things aren't working uh, in the offense as it's drawn up, he can still go make a play. And, and I mean, that tells you everything you know about a guy who has extra, has more than just being a paint by numbers, game manager, whatever you want to call it, quarterback. He has more in his bag that he can go to to get you out of trouble if things aren't going well. So um, I, I totally agree with what Greg Cosell saw. And it's also what makes Brock Purdy great is that he can make plays even when things are breaking down for him. Now, the one thing is, you also, in the process of that, need things to go your way. So ideally, it would be like, hey, Brock, just play how you play in the regular season and don't have the slow starts. And if you do have the slow starts, yeah. you're going to need some things to go your way. Uh, you know, I looked in the chat right now. I see Painty64. He says, Greg Cosell is correct because the postseason is different uh, to regular season. However, Purdy figured it out as he does. And it is awesome. But Purdy didn't just figure it out. There were some things that really worked to the 49ers' advantage in the second half, um, you know, multiple stops on fourth down. That was big, right? The defense kind of figuring that part of it out. Um, you had the fumble uh, near and set you up in scoring position, right? Like, I think those were really three fortunate things. Then you add the Brandon Ayuk off of a guy's face mask. He catches the ball. You add those things, and then now it becomes like a perfect storm, and then you're able to overcome that deficit. You likely not want to be in that kind of deficit to start with. So he did figure it out. That was amazing. I would like for him to... Okay, if he hasn't quite figured out, can we still get a few more points early on? And maybe that's as simple as Moody making a field goal kick. Uh, maybe it's one other touchdown drive or so in the first half to where your deficit isn't as big because against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it'll be a little bit rougher to be able to overcome that kind of deficit. So I think you, you have to, I don't even want to say start faster, but you can't start slow. So yeah, start faster. Got to start faster. It's going to be the number one key to victory this week, just like it was last week. And it didn't happen last week. And hopefully it does happen this week. Um, how about those pre-draft evaluations? It was brought up to us by one of our listeners. I believe it was Phil on Twitter. So appreciate you, Phil, going through and, and uh, finding the old post-draft breakdown from Peacock on Brock Purdy, what we thought of the seventh-round quarterback. And, and here's a, an excerpt of, uh, of Crock talking about what he saw from young Brock Purdy as he uh, was a future and a future 49er. Well, you get Brock Purdy. And it's like, well, where, where does he fit in to this whole dynamic? And, you know, you talked about the feet and everything like that. But I'd say uh, right away, the thing that jumped out to me about his game is probably him when he plays in rhythm. Like, that's his, that's his strong point, right? If you want to look at, like, what's a, a legit strength of his – is playing in rhythm with anticipation. And those are some of the things that Kyle Shanahan, when you ask him, was he looking for in a quarterback? That's what he covets, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest of arms, but a guy that can kind of stand in there and execute a play call exactly how Kyle Shanahan has it drawn up and thought up in his head. 
and get that ball out right now and make those throws, I think that was the thing that jumped out to me immediately about Brock Purdy's game. I mean, spot on. Uh, how do you argue with that evaluation from Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers? And um, I, I think that's probably one of the things Kyle saw in that first training camp. Is like, oh man, this kid sees it kind of like I see it. And I think it's hard to tell because we were at training camp, Brock Purdy's rookie year. We were at training camp this year as well. And from our angle, it, it, Brock Purdy doesn't stand head and shoulders over the other quarterbacks from that view. But I think from Kyle Shanahan's view, when he's watching Brock Purdy operate, seeing how he sees it, I think he's like, oh, yeah, I like that. This is my guy. And, and I think you nailed it, Croc. And we we probably didn't play up enough how important what you just said was to the whole dynamic of what Brock Purdy is. Well, I think at that, at that time it was tough, too, because you, when you're drafting him, you're thinking, like, oh, Trey Lance is going to likely play the whole season. I mean, we got remember, it took Trey and Jimmy, who ended up coming back, Mm -hmm. uh, going down with injuries. So we were able to have, evaluate the talent. And, and that's the thing when it comes to e evaluations, um, it is, in my opinion, it's easy to evaluate what someone does well, what they don't do well. The hard part is, are they going to be able to do it at the next level? And, uh, you know, how long will it take? And I don't think anybody can, could have anticipated Brock being able to, with his skill set translate to the NFL and hit the ground running and play exactly like what I saw on film, but do it over and over and over and over again. And really to the highest extent, like higher than any level that we've seen in the Kyle Shanahan. All right. The very last pick in the NFL draft, starting at quarterback. What about the rest of the offense? How did the 49ers complete this Super Bowl offense? Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of every new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just some other job board either. We're talking about a vast network of more than a billion with a B professionals which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I didn't go back and listen to that whole episode, Croc. Uh, I just went by uh, the clip that uh, you sent and that the, the user was talking about, Phil, on Twitter. Uh, and I'm afraid to go back and hear myself say something like, oh, man, this guy's trash. He's not going to make the roster. doesn't have an NFL arm or, you know, read off no, all the negative parts of the scouting report. You, you actually, the thing that you highlighted the most was you liked his feet. You really loved his feet and how he was able to tie his feet to the throws and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, you didn't say anything like, oh, he can't play in the NFL. Now, and one thing with us, and fans get mad at us about this, when we give our opinion, it's not to please anyone. It's just to talk about what we see. So uh, there have been plenty of guys that we've talked about, we've evaluated, and we look and say, this is something that he really needs to work on. This is, might be an issue, right? But with Brock, I think we have a lot of positive things to say. Uh, oddly enough, only one San Francisco 49er player on the offense was 
procured by a first-round pick, Croc, by a 49ers first-round pick. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's Ayuk's the only guy the 49ers spent a first-round pick on that is starting on their offense in the Super Bowl. That is is a pretty unbelievable thing, especially when you see some of the other offenses around the league, and it starts with a first-round quarterback, and then there's a first-round receiver, a first-round tight end, a first-round offensive tackle, and look, the 49ers have a first-round offensive tackle. They didn't spend that first-round pick on them, though. Washington did about 12 years ago. Um, but when you go through it and look, the 49ers haven't had a first round pick in three years. I'm, I'm over here watching the senior bowl and there's like prospects that are like, Hey, he'll, he might go late first round. I'm like, Hey, the 49ers have a pick. Now you might be able to get one of these guys in the late first round. It's been a long time, man. It's, it's been unbelievable since, uh, that 2021 draft. Um, but looking at how the 49ers roster was put, put together. So Brock Purdy, very last pick in the draft, uh, you have, Wide receivers, Debo Samuel, second-round pick, and first-round pick, Brandon Ayuk. So that's where most of the draft capital on their entire offense has come from is those two playmakers on the outside. Kyle Juszczyk makes more than any fullback in the NFL. There's not even that many fullbacks that play football in the NFL these days. Signed as a free agent. Seemed like a lot at the time. He was making double the next fullback. But clearly, Kyle Shanahan saw what he wanted out of Kyle Juszczyk, that OW and, uh, and Kyle Juszczyk's been phenomenal for the San Francisco 49ers. And, and then it gets to a big one, Croc. Hold on, real quick, yeah. real quick on Juszczyk. Because I had said something and people, it came off as a hot take. It wasn't. But I felt like Kyle Juszczyk was overrated. But not because I feel like he's an overrated player. I think he's a tremendous player. I felt like his usage with what he brings, like what makes him special. Like I don't think him run blocking is what makes him special or uh, the the best fullback in the NFL. I think his, his, his ability as a pass catcher, his ability to run block as well, but also line up in multiple places and utilize him in that way. And I'm like, they're not even using him. Like he gets no carries really. Uh, they finally have in the playoffs. He wasn't getting any targets for most of the year. I mean, like if he got two targets in the game, he was lucky. Like most of the time it's either one or none. And there were a lot of games where he wasn't touching the ball at all. So I'm like, look, you can put anybody at fullback and not throw the ball to him and not hand the ball off to him. But now I think we're starting to see what makes him special, right? Like just the sideline catch, those things, the broken play by Brock Purdy and he's moving around and he's like, Oh, there he goes. And he throws it over the middle and he is able to concentrate with that ball floating in the air, not even knowing who might be coming at him. Right. Like seeing him do those things. I've always wondered like, why, why? And not that you have to throw him the ball five times a game or anything like that, but. How is he not someone that is just like, you know what? He he should get a couple of touches in the game. He got more touches with Garoppolo. Remember there was a lot of those fullback leaks and, you know, some, some really key misses down the field when he was wide open. I feel, I feel like it's because Purdy's more aggressive and wants to get the ball out to other players a little bit more. So I, I think that's part of it. I think it's Purdy and then Kyle Shanahan calling a game for Purdy rather than a different quarterback. So I think that's part of it, why Kyle Juszczyk hasn't seen as much. But actually goes back perfectly to our earlier point, Croc, about Brock Purdy. And when one thing is not working, what else do you have in your bag? And Brock Purdy has more ways to go beat you, namely with his legs and his playmaking ability. And that's what's so great about this 49ers offense because you think, oh man, okay, you got McCaffrey and you got Kittle and then you got Ayuk and Debo on the outside and then things aren't going great. And what happens? It's Brock Purdy making plays with his legs. Oh, how about a toe tap from our fullback? Not a lot of guy, not a lot of teams have a guy like that. When you need him, all of a sudden you can call 44's number and he can make some really big plays for you in a game, even though he doesn't have a lot of touches over the course of a season. 
not. He, he doesn't. His use is the the way that he is a Swiss Army knife, almost like. And I'm not saying he is this guy, but like Delaney Walker, right? On the 49ers, not Tennessee Titans one, because Tennessee Titans Walker was a legit tight end. Delaney Walker on the 49ers was a guy that you just you line up in multiple spots, but he would get targets. Like he would get his touches. And I think Kyle Juszczyk is not quite Delaney Walker from an athletic standpoint, but a guy that you definitely can utilize more and use it to your advantage, you know, when people are kind of like forgetting about him. Delaney Walker, the OGOW. How would you grade the Christian McCaffrey trade, Croc? <laughs> Acquired with the second, third, fourth, and fifth round picks, Christian McCaffrey. Um, man, uh, he's been unbelievable for the 49ers. The fit, phenomenal. And the dude has stayed healthy. He's gotten here. He played 20 games last year. Came back, played another 20 games again this year, right? He's in the Super Bowl, and he's made it through healthy through all of it. Playing at that level, uh, that's just hard to do. So kudos to, to Christian McCaffrey, the shape he keeps his body in. Uh, the the warrior that he is to play through stuff. And, and we know he's dealing with nicks and bruises all the time as, as running backs have to, and he's avoided the big injury as well. And he's been just unbelievably good for the 49ers. No, I think I'll speak for, for the both of us and not just the both of us. I think it was ESPN that gave it like a C minus when it, when the trade went down, you always see. Yeah. We, we were not high on the trade, but not for reasons why I think most people think like if you were just telling us, Hey, you got a trade for Christian McCaffrey. You gave him a six-round pick. We'd be like, heck, yeah, right? Like, we know the player he is. That was never the issue. It's the position. It's the 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 value that people put on that position, right? You play running back. You're coming off, off of back-to-back seasons where you were hurt. Like, you started the season and didn't finish two seasons in a row, and you're only getting older. And usually when that happens at running back, you just start to go downhill a little bit. So you take that. And just all that, then you trade a second, third, fourth, fifth round pick. To me, it does seem a little wild, but not because we don't think that he could be an amazing player or really fit exactly what the 49ers want to do, especially when you kind of look back at that time when the trade happened. We're like, are they going to throw to him? Because they don't really throw to the running backs very much. And they're like, hell yeah, we're going to throw to him. Matter of fact, in the first playoff game against the Green Bay Packers, Brock Purdy threw to him 12 times. So he's definitely been utilized and... He it has been an amazing trade. So at the time, it seemed wild, not because he's uh, an amazing football player, just because of the position and everything else that came along with it. But he has exceeded, I'm pretty sure, anyone. And that's even people that knew how great of a running back like uh, uh, and uh, he is, like just from the John Lynch, standpoint. John Lynch like, made amazing. the move, and John Lynch himself said he exceeded his expectations. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it was like, we know, like, what he, and it's like, he has been even better. <laughs> hasn't missed any, has he missed a game? He's been banged up, had to leave, and he, but has yeah. he actually, like, missed a game? I, I don't think so. Games, he, got, uh, he had a game off. Um, I don't think he's missed a full game to injury. No. Not that I can remember. Um, which is, I mean, that's that's amazing in its own right, no matter which running back you are on which team. So, uh, Juwan Jennings, the number three receiver, seventh round pick. Obviously, George Kittle, phenomenal. Another day three pick. Fifth rounder made good for the 49ers offense. And then you look at the offensive line, and the third highest pick on the entire offense, Matt, or uh, uh, Croc, is, I'm um, trying to read and talk at the same time, um, Aaron Banks, second round pick for the left guard. Jake Brendel, free agent pickup off the street. Spencer Burford, fourth round pick last year. 
Um, Feliciano off the street as well, who's who's really the starter at right guard. Colton McKivitz was a fifth rounder a few years ago. And then Trent Williams came over in a trade for really only a third and fifth round pick, which is nothing for the impact Trent Williams has made. So when you look at this, only one first round pick spent on this offense. And when you're getting the kind of play you are from fifth rounders, seventh rounders, uh, pretty phenomenal what they've been able to do to put this offense together for the 49ers. Yeah, they've done a tremendous job. And I saw someone talking about it and how uh, I think we give Kyle Shanahan a lot of praise, and as he should get. But John Lynch, I mean, I think he deserves just as much credit for sometimes going against the grain with some of the things, even going against his head coach sometimes with saying, hey, and taking some big swings, missing at times, but continuing to swing and not be uh, afraid to make a trade for uh, a running back who had been injured the previous two years and give up a lot to get him, and say, Hey, we don't care. We're going to figure it out. And if it doesn't work like it didn't with Trey Lance, we'll just keep it moving and find something that does work. So they've done an amazing job. Might we say John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are pretty good scramblers in their own right. When the first round picks start to get weird and aren't working out, they scrambled and found ways to find guys later, uh, make trades for impact players. And they're getting first round impact from a lot of dudes on that offense. Uh, but only one first round pick spent pretty phenomenal. All right. Amazing. Super Bowl week is coming up. We're going to have some guests. We're going to talk to uh, our, our guy Q and your boy Q, as he is known, locked on Raiders host. How did the Raiders beat the Chiefs? How do you beat the Chiefs? The guy that's seen the Chiefs a lot of times. And then also he's going to give us uh, the insight to what's going on from Radio Row in Las Vegas. He is a Las Vegas guy and uh, tons more. Winky Wednesday crossovers, getting you ready. Keys to victory for Super Bowl 58, 49ers, Chiefs. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back Monday. Locked On 49ers.